Hi, Matthew. Um, well, James Whittle, CEO of Rupert Resources. Uh, the um, company made a significant discovery, this hickory discovery in northern Finland, um, about four million ounces, two and a half grams. I'm um, just keen to give you an update and let you know what's going on in these troublesome times in the markets. Good stuff. Well, um, look, James, I appreciate you um, coming on. I want to kind of tap you up about how I, as an investor, should behave in times like this. And of course, yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll take the update uh, as, as well. But, but what, I'm, what I want to do is see if there's any parallels I can draw from your behavior, a former fund manager, current CEO, board member of, you know, whatever, 800, 900 million dollar company, and how I should think and behave about investing. So if you're okay, um, nervous, uh, retail investors out there, unsure of what to do, lots of requests for hand-holding, um, recommendations, uh, advice, etc. And it, it's very, very difficult. So um, people are changing their behaviors, hoarding cash, um, and just waiting for this, this to bottom out or maybe go away. How has your behavior changed? I think, well, I guess it hasn't changed an awful lot. And I think the, you know, we, you know, we're very cognizant of the market and obviously cognizant of, of, of what's going on around us. But at the same time, I think that the challenge I always had in my previous role is when when you had times like this and companies did a knee-jerk reaction and made a change very quickly or suddenly stopped spending on the project and put it on hold or whatever. And then, look, um, we're in a very fortunate position because we're not building the project right now. So we're not we're not faced with the you know, phoning up to order the next bit of equipment and it being 50% higher or just not being available, um, which, I, you know, I sympathise a lot with the guys that are actually building projects right now. But at the same time, you know, so that gives us one advantage. But really the, the key thing for me is always just to look at the companies and ask the question, you know, do they have the cash resources? Do they have a reasonable balance sheet going into it? We have $42 million, $43 million right now. So... That puts us in a position where we have control of our fate. Um, do we have flexibility in terms of timing? You know, when we do things, yes, we do. You know, and and you know, uh, and we're still a relatively small company at this point in time. Um, but we, underlying that, we have a very high quality asset. So those are the key things. So people, you know, as an investor, why are you investing in the first place? Is it is it because it had a really quality asset underpinning it? the company or a good portfolio of quality assets and the company and that should that gives you comfort um, and then is the company you know committed to have a long-term measured plan systematic a little bit boring but ultimately you know are they just carrying on delivering and doing do what they set out to um, those are the I guess those, those are the immediate things I think of when people talk about that. right okay but do you feel like and I, I guess you've got what 40 plus million bucks cash at the moment that gives you some optionality um to you know come mm. at this any which way you want but do you do you still feel in control because again everyone in market we're just everyone's feeling just a little bit of frisson of nervousness nervousness and we're slightly out of control do, do you still feel in control do feel in control uh, key things for us if you look at the you know, the shareholder register for us we have very long-term support of shareholders that have been supporting this company from the very beginning with a mandate to go and find large, high-quality, you know, tier one or, or you know, long-life assets, and we've managed to do that. Fortunately, we found our first one. Hopefully, there'll be more to find. Um, but by by having that support, uh, you know, a supportive shareholder group, 
and that vision to only concentrate on finding things that are going to, you know, once you've found it, it doesn't disappear. It's going to be around for forever. You know, even the production life of that asset, even though we found is, you know, it's going to be over 20 years. So you're, you're, you're trying to build a business for it with a much longer time frame than people than is going on with this market volatility right now. You're going to go through a few cycles like this. And I think by having that longer term view, it allows us to keep the focus rather than not get too distracted. But but there's also kind of cliche, all sorts of cliches out there, like, you know, um, markets change, rocks don't, right? Really Mm. cute, really cute. But um, that doesn't make me feel less nervous when the market is like it is now. It's it's a tough time for everyone, tough, you know, uh, across the board. So how how do I, you've given us some clues about some of the things you should, you believe that people should be looking at certainly in terms of your company and maybe others that they're investing in. Um, but how, how do we judge you? Because you're looking at raw data, you know how to inter- interpret it. I'm waiting for a PEA, for you guys to put out some numbers to kind of un- underwrite this valuation of yeah. yours. So I get a sense of, you know, you know what what you've got, what it's going to what it's going to cost, what you could make, and you know, and some sort of NPV number on this thing to give us an idea of scale. So. Um, is, is, is that really what I should be looking at? Am I, am I correct in saying that or is there more to it? I think, it's, I think it's a very important point to be looking at because you want to understand, you know, the, you know it, it, uh, so if I was looking at the company myself, let me step back, well, you know, you've been very successful, you've found something, you've done, you know, you know it looks really good and you put out these great drill hole intercepts. That all sounds great. But, but what does it really mean to me as the investor? And I guess, um, and it's, and, it, and you're right, it's very easy for me to sit here in my seat and say, because I, I see all the data. Um, but what are the key things um, that sort of give me the comfort probably? And maybe if I'll, I relay those, that'll uh, give some comfort to the investors. So, you know, we put out a resource last year, 4 million ounces. We found that quite quickly. Um, discovery cost, cost us $5 an ounce. The market quickly revalued the company at like 150 plus dollars an ounce even today it would be not wouldn't be wouldn't be far to those numbers so you know that's you know it's a credible return for it on on investment so we've got that so since then yes we've been putting out some nice drill results and we've spoken quite a few times but what do they really mean you know we've said it in terms they give us more and more confidence in that resource at the moment it's all about building confidence you know people find stuff splashy drill results but what happens when you really start drilling the thing? Does it fall apart? Does it get better? Does it does it just improve and, and accomplish it? You know, we feel very confident in that resource, and we feel that um, you know we have engineers looking at it. They're very they seem very confident in the underlying gold in the ground and the, its potential to have good economic value. So that's the main thing. We will then put the PEA numbers around that, um, which will give the market a sense of capital, a sense of the costs ultimately strategy and the sense that the life of it and obviously as we go through that process we start to understand those things more and more and we do think it you know it's going to have a long life it should have relatively low costs it should you know i think the capex shouldn't be too bad obviously we're in a highly inflationary environment but we're not building it today so what will you know what will the environment be like in a few years time when we're building it hopefully not the same environment we're in today it's important for us what we're really achieving by doing this PEA is to validate that $150 an ounce value that the market's giving us today. And then we will hopefully, you, there'll be some points in there which will sow the seed of people thinking, well, 
you know, could this be, this should be a production asset and then it will get revalued over time to three or $400 an ounce. So you're just trying to continue to de-risk and provide the information for people to have the comfort in value today and the fact that it could release a lot more value in the future. Okay, so I think well well understood. PEA is just a moment in time, a lot more work to do, yeah. um, but it gives you a, a sense at that yeah. early stage about the economics, right? Um, yeah. I, I want to come back to this valuation component again for, for me, me looking in. Mm. I, you know, I can go and look at a bunch of peers. I can... <laughs> You know, sometimes I'm going to get those peers right, and sometimes I'm going to get 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 them wrong. But uh, you know, fundamentally, if I'm trying to find peers for you, I guess what I'm saying to myself is: Do I think this company can survive an economic downturn and come out the other side? And if so, how has it performed relative to its peers, like you know, strong companies? I mean, hmm. well, how do you how do you come at it? I mean, is that, so is that is that a fair um, way of looking at you? Yeah, I think so. You have to think about what you own today. Well, you know, it, 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 I guess I often looked at, you know, in a, in a really bad case market, in a really terrible case, will this company be able to still achieve what they sort of set out to achieve? Is the underlying quality of the assets good enough to be able to achieve that? Yes, you might have to suffer a bit more dilution than you plan to in your equity that you need to raise to build the project, but the, or that portion of it, will you, you know, but that shouldn't be so much that it's going to kill that investment. It's not going to write off that investment, you know. And I think that's I think that's where people should look at with the PEA. What's the IRR on this thing? Don't look at everything else. Just look at the IRRs and it, you know what sort of you know what sort of free cash flows does this thing generate given a gold price over time? If you so, I mean, don't worry about it. the MPV is a terrible measure really because it just discounts everything and it's very arbitrary. But just think, let's look at the annual free cash flow numbers that assets are going to develop in the future. That'll tell you whether it's going to survive, or that'll tell you whether it's a worthwhile investment today. So to take you take yourself away from, you know, look at, you know, the the old adage reality is if you, you know, in fund management, the best way to judge a company is not to look at the all in sustaining costs or the or the amount of ounces it produced. Just look at the cash flow statement. Did they make money in the last quarter? Or did they make money in the last year? Have they made money over the last many years? You know, once you take away those financing flows where they might have raised more money every year, or once you, you know, you net out all those things, did they did they consistently make money? Um, and we think Hickory is an asset that should be able to, should be, you know, in a, it, as a production company ourselves or as part of someone else's portfolio, it will make money every year. Um, so that's the, so I probably didn't answer a question. No, but, no, but, I, year, but. I, I know what you're getting at, um, but it, it, for me, that, that's great for, in terms of a producer, but for an explorer developer, you yeah, know, yeah. You, I'm just again w- wondering what do I need to look at and saying, well, this is a tier one asset. This is in a tier one jurisdiction. This is a management team, I believe, that has got a good plan. They have got cash. I mean, again, w- what am I honing in on? Because um, with PEAs, Clearly, which we've been talking about, yeah. the variables are, are, are vast. You know, I always talk about plus or minus thirty percent. Maybe it's plus or minus forty percent in, in this kind of environment. Um, and the technology side of things and the network isn't necessarily nailed down. So I'm, I'm looking for things like you know simple um, processing. You know, heat bleach, lovely. I understand that simple is cheap. Um, open pit. I'm looking for. So what, what are we looking for with a company like yours? I think you you are looking for those exact those exact things it, it, it you know look at the assets look at the properties of of Icarie. 
it's an open pit primarily, it's high grade, it's near the surface. Um, it's in Finland, so I, I don't have a, a risk element that I think I'm not going to own the asset. You know, the asset has said, you know, that we found the gold, it's not going away. Um, will the company continue to own that asset? Yes, we believe so. Um, so that's a big plus being in a good country like that. Um, and then, you know, the metallurgy things, we put enough information out in the market. It's a very, very simple deposit in some ways. For a gold deposit, it's one of the simplest deposits I've ever looked at in my career. So it, 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 it's, it, it's just, it, it's that all those things give me comfort and should give the investors a bit more comfort. It's just, yeah, I think you've mentioned it, just a simpler business than many other companies. This is a very complicated industry. People get very, you know, it's very hard to understand when someone's drilling, you know, a meter of high grade here and a meter of high grade there. Does this going to work when it's turned into a mine? I don't, you know, <laughs> I'll be honest, I've been doing this for 30, 30 years. It's a very hard call to make, you know, whether that thing will make money. But when you're, when you've got a big, sort of dumb deposit and it's it, I, I don't let the geologists hear that but it's big you know sort of big dumb higher grade deposit near surface very continuous you know it just makes things easier so yeah. what are, what are the no I, I agree with all of that you know you know you touch upon something in terms of like chasing high grade veins at depth you know it 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 sounds sexy because the high grade is there but yeah. there's a there's a lot of dilution underground um, and the average grade through all of that can, can come down and the, the cost yeah. can go up. You know, so there's lots of ways to fall over, um, for, for sure. But one of the other ways to fall over is something that you're not in control of, which is, you know, what's happening with the gold price at the moment. Um, mm. Unexpected. Most people say an environment like the economic environment like this one, it, gold should be outperforming. Um, it's not doing that. Does that make you nervous? Well, I guess I look at slightly differently. It's doing pretty well. Um, if, if I just own gold and not any equities, I, I'm, I would be feeling quite comfortable. Or if I had, you know, gold's doing what it should do as a part of someone's portfolio. Yes, it's not going up, but that's not the point. It is outperforming everything else. I mean, it's, you know, what is it down six percent or something? I mean, really, we shouldn't be, you know, that that's a that, that's a, in the current environment. If your portfolio this year was only down six percent, you'd be pretty happy, you know, uh, and, and so. And then look, and that's in US dollars, and then look at it in euros or in, depending on where your perspective is, if you look at it in euros, we're quite close to the highs. We were, we did our resource estimate for the part of our deposit when I joined 2018, the year after I joined 2018, and we used 950 euros an ounce. It's 1,710 euros an ounce today, the gold price. And that's only four years later. So it's done incredibly well. And I think, yes, we're at this, maybe this sort of, peak inflation maybe but god knows whether we are at numbers right now but the inflation's not going away i think people are very scared about gold because you know people have raised interest rates and they're worried about well real rates are they positive right now i mean they might be temporarily positive but you, that that assumes that inflation's entirely under control uh, and they're going to continue to you know they're somehow going to be able to raise rates but we, we know that can't really happen so so i feel i've never been a big core of gold going to multiples of where it is today i think it it's a great currency and it continues to perform very well and i think if you're in the space it's it it, it it's it's no comfort i guess it's still down but it's still a it's it's doing it, it's 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 doing quite well and it could well do very much better coming out of this as well okay well well let's let's look at something else just coming from a slightly different perspective what i'm trying to do is 
yeah. get a little bit of your cool, calm, collected approach to this and apply it to my investing, right? So um, you're trying to build something, a, a quality project, I think you referred to earlier. Yeah. There's not that many big quality projects out there, right? There's been some M&A recently where, you know, I think those that have managed to create something quite good have been, have been bought up and that's quite, that's quite nice. Um, how do, how, well, one, how, how, as an investor, how do I classify what a, a quality project looks like? It's, it's going with something a little bit of old ground that you mentioned earlier there, but I just want to be really clear in my mind. So there aren't that many of them. So what, what makes it quality? It's ultimately long life. It's got to go through multiple cycles. It, it's got to have low, a, a low cost base. And the jurisdiction is important, ideally, but you have to go where the best assets are. And ultimately, in this industry, there's there's almost very little point investing in the short life, smaller businesses, smaller assets. That's why we built our business bodies to find bigger things. We find small stuff. Finding small stuff is easy, but to build a small mine is just as hard as to build a big mine. It's, it's as simple as it is. You could build a mine with a 100-year life or a 10-year life. Most of them, the heartache is pretty much the same. You know, and 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 the, and the risk. So it's about that long life, fundamentally low cost um, assets. That that that's pretty much it. that's as simple as it is. Uh, um, and and that a lot of that comes down to all what really drives that is the geology. It's the you know, it's the is is this a a deposit that geologically people have a lot of confidence in? Does it look as though it will extend over time? Will they find other things around it over time? Is it, you know, is it, it, that, those are the key things. That's quite harder for, a, for an investor to look at that geological aspect. But if you just stick with the longer life assets, relatively low cost, you know, that's the main point. But in terms of my portfolio construction, we just said there's not that many of them. So I can't have a whole no. portfolio full of quality assets um, because you, I don't know how many you think there there, there are at any one moment in, in, in time, um, but there are a lot of the other projects. Ten you know, ten year life of that doesn't sound too bad to me. Um, it's a question of what that risk profile looks like. What's the chances yeah. of it actually working out economically? Because it, it's going to have to work quite hard, quite quickly. It, it, they're going to work quite have to work quite hard, and they need to sort of depending on the the cycle that it, it, it occurs in, or that point of of investor. Um, interest in the sector, it might do very well. And we often, you know, you often look at those sort of less good assets. Um, and yeah, you can go rent them for sure. Yeah, no, that's not a bad way to do it. As an investor, I often used to, you know, you, you, you'd have your your positions that you might hold for a shorter time. And I'm sure there's some very old oversold companies today that ultimately making you money. And that's probably, there's a, there's a, there's a different market that, that, for that. And, but but are they long-term core positions in a portfolio? Probably not. Um, and this is the thing, you know, our, we're trying to build a portfolio of, of, of quality assets. We found one for sure. So our portfolio is a bit small at the moment, but we're, we're endeavoring to, to add to that. Um, but um, if I look at it from an investor's portfolio, you want to, you, you know, there's, you, you, you should be able to find a number of those. Um, and then there's always, you know, so the, the op market opportunities that come up in the meantime, uh, in, in the shorter term, be that for sort of a one to two year time frame rather than a rather than a ten to twenty or a five to ten year time. Frame. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that, that idea of renting 
stock, which is just that little bit lower likelihood of success because it's, it, it tells you exactly what you need to know. You can be, you should be thinking, how do I get in and out of this? And by the way, greater full theory applies, folks, uh, where the company's good enough to keep telling the story and you're, you're clever enough to get out before the point where people realize what this project is not. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I, had a, I had a CEO when I switched sides. He, he said, and I obviously worked for a fund manager firm. He, he, he said, "So finally, you're you're not going to rent the stocks anymore. You're going to actually get on board." And uh, 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 he, he used like a super tanker. He said, "So you're not just going to put your containers about on, but you're going to you're going to be the captain of the super tanker." And I said, "Well, yeah. Anyway, it'd be a learning experience, to say. But you know." It, 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 yeah. The key thing is to make sure that it, you know what you're driving is is, is a good quality super tanker. <laughs> so people can maybe get you know because people will, will will rent Rupert stock. You know they'll you know come and go. That's fine. You know that's you know. You need the liquidity, but I, but I, I think, yeah. I think what I what I've been picking up here is that it, it kind of makes sense to kind of identify one or two or three quality assets and get in there for the long term for the right reasons like you've thought about it you've been honest with yourself and it fits your investing uh criteria the rest you rent 